Attention men, are you wanting to break free from porn or other unwanted sexual behaviors, but finding it seemingly impossible to quit? If so, we can help. My name is Jonathan Darty, the founder of Gateway to Freedom. This three-day workshop is for any man who wants to overcome any kind of unwanted sexual behavior. So whether you're married, single, or divorced, this powerful and proven intensive weekend will help you uncover what is at the root of your struggle and discover the man God always created you to be. Space is limited, so call us today at 210-822-8201 to register. That's 210-822-8201 or visit bebroken.org slash gtf. Hey, listeners and viewers, welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio Program. We're glad that you're with us. My name is Jonathan, and I'm here with Stephen Cervantes. How hey, are you doing today? Glad to be here. Thank you, Jonathan. Yeah, well, I'm excited about um, the topic we're going to be talking about today. But before we dive into that, um, listeners, just as a quick reminder, we are a listener-supported program. So the way you're seeing us or hearing us is uh, just because we've had generous partners come alongside of us to support this work and this mm-hmm. ministry. Um, it's it's pretty exciting. I think we're we're nearing. Um, you know what? I should know this already, but sometimes I sometimes we switch programs around. I can't remember if this is the 800th episode or not. Oh wow, that's pretty good. I might have to cut that out. You know, once we, <laughs> if, if it's not. But anyway, we're we're we've been doing this for roughly 800 times because oh we've goodness. had incredible partners come alongside of us. So if yes. you'd like to support us, just go to puresexradio.com and click on the donate link. Well, Stephen, we're going to focus on this topic of fantasy. Fantasy. So help us unpack this topic because I think it's a, it's huge in terms of what we deal with right. in this ministry. Right. Um, so where are we going to go today? So, I mean, there's reality, right? And we can sit in a chair and we can feel this table and we can talk to these microphones. But our brain has the ability to create images and and have visions and dreams and take us away from this place. We can read a book and just go somewhere else, mm-hmm. right? It's a wonderful thing. And so there's an upside to fantasy, right? Because what do you think heaven's like? You know? You it's, to, you know. I mean, uh, according to what the Bible says, it's beyond our imagination. Mm. So I've often thought, like, the greatest thrilling, exciting, pleasurable things that I can imagine, it like would go beyond that. So you have to use some fanciful thoughts. Absolutely. Because yeah. we don't know, we right? Can. Streets of gold and that kind of stuff. Okay, fine. Yeah. It's sort of a metaphor for it and uh, the golden city on a hill. and But but we use our mind to imagine what's God like? Mm. You know, what's heaven like? What's it going to be like to be in eternity? Some people don't like. One guy said, I don't want to go to heaven. There's like puffy clouds and we're little cherubs, fat cherubs, and we're har- striking a harp. You know, I don't want to go do that for the rest of eternity. I wouldn't either. You know? <laughs> but that's, that's fantasy. That's our mind being creative. And so, uh, but there's a downside to it too, right? There's, there's always like a holy version and unholy, a good version, a bad version. Right? Well, I think the basic structure of the ability to 
have imaginative thought mm -hmm. is actually because we are created in God's image. Mm. So think about it. He's the original imaginer. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like he has infinite creativity. And so therefore being made in his image, I think that's part of the way we were designed to use our brains and our minds is that we can go beyond the physical, like we can go beyond even in our minds what is tangible and so therefore that's where we enter into god space oh, I think. I so on, on the one god hand, light, so on the one hand that's the good part of it that's the good part of the design yeah. i think what's happened though is because we are fallen sinful that's what's tainted and twisted that design towards something that could take our imagination into very negative space so i'm thinking as kids, we make up fun stories with great endings. Um, but then you think about your childhood. And I was just thinking this morning about the experiences of childhood. You know, we want to be loved. But things are said to us. Did you did you make that mess again? Mm. Uh, you're so stupid. Well, what's wrong with you? When are you going to grow up? Well, why can't you be like your brother? You know? You know, who, who wants you? I, I latch onto that one of the grow up. Yeah. How can a child imagine <laughs> what that even means, right? right. I mean, that's yeah. a that's asking them to actually take their imagination to a place that they don't even know where how to go. You know, mm. in, in some ways, it's almost like, what are you saying to that child in that moment? Grow up, and then their thought is, you mean like you? <laughs> Is that what grow up means, you know, to, to look like you yelling at me? I mean, yeah. it's really hard. So so we, we get that at home. Did you spill that? Did you make that mess, you know? And then we go to school and they, and they say, you're stupid. You're a weenie. What's the matter with you? You know, guys are hard on guys, right? You think about this. We've heard so much criticism of what a disappointment we are. Over a lifetime of growing up, mm -hmm. I mean, you can only grow up so much, then you got to be grown up. But a lifetime of growing up uh, encodes a lot of pain and a lot of doubt, and and we're trying to be loved and we want to be loved, but we're told things, and they're and you know the things that encode they're painful, they're intense moments when somebody is disapproving. It's emotionally charged, and those things weave into us. We're disappointment, we're frustration. We're stupid. We failed. Well, what I'm hearing you say too, and you can, I'd, I'd love for you to maybe expound on this because I think this is an area that you do really well in is I think that starts to create themes yeah. in our imagination, right? Yes. Like there's a, there's a certain tape that starts to get played over and over again related to those messages. Yes. And so it, it only makes sense then that our imagination starts to become captured by those templates, those themes, the theme of failure, the theme yes. of never measuring up, the theme of you better you Rejection. know, work harder, and yeah. all those themes. So, so we're in a loving environment and our parents say they love us and people say they love us, but probably 10 to 1, we're condemned. How often you said, oh, I really love you, love you, well, and versus it, what's the matter? You're late. How many times do I have to tell you again? You But, made th but think of it. I, I'm convinced, and I could be wrong here, but in terms of the, the numbers of people that I've interacted with and talked with, it seems like the vast majority, this is the truth, is that we are almost 
predisposed because of our broken, sinful condition to gravitate towards the negative messaging more than towards the positive. In other words, I think we gravitate more towards pessimism naturally than Mm. optimism. For instance, for every maybe 10 instances or or comments that somebody might make to you in your childhood about, you're a good boy. The one where they say, you screwed that up royally, is the one that sort of somehow jumps to the front. It's almost like you have to put like a hundred positive right. messages into somebody's mind to sort of start to combat that one right. negative. Does that make sense? Yes. And and the, the thing, remember, the body encodes fear well. Mm-hmm. So the way you said it, you just rose up and you used a loud voice and you became very emotional. You became intimidating when you said that. So that encodes in me. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Versus, oh, I love you. There's real yeah. mellow, soft, sweet. Oh, that's nice. Blah, blah, blah. Jello and water, right? <laughs> and blue skies and love you. And But hey, it's like, whoa, whoa. right? That will encode. Yeah. And so that's sort of what we're full of that encoding. So then we need two things to get through life. We need to, to find a role to get loved. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'll be the pleaser, the fixer. I'll I'll take care of of mom and dad. And I remember a little girl saying once, my dad always had dirty shoes. And mm-hmm. so I decided I would clean my dad's shoes every day because I wanted to be valued and I wanted mm-hmm. him to tell me. So she'd bring his work boots in and every night she'd clean the boots and hope to get stroked, wow. you know? So what does that mean? I'm defining a role now. If I can play a role, if I can be good. But what we know is the roles don't really work. Excuse me, roles don't bring satisfaction. Or they're short term. Yeah, yeah. It's just a moment. Yeah. But they don't override the pain in our soul, Yeah. right? They get us a little bit of something, attention, approval. But the pain in our soul is still there. So we play a role to try to get something and, you know, my mind is like pseudo love. I got a little love from you, but it doesn't last. It's not real love. And yeah. I sort of got loved. You smiled at me, but but I know I'm still disappointed to you. It, it makes me think of uh, Jesus at the with the woman at the well. Okay. You know, if you drink this water, you're going to have to come back over and over and over. And that's kind of what you're talking about. Man, uh, if I'm looking for these particular roles to sort of satisfy, satisfy me, me yes. I'm not going to find it there, you know? No, so, that's right. So how then does, how does fantasy oh, play in? Oh, yeah, it's a good lead that? in, you know? Because <laughs> there's got to be a connection there, right? Right, that's exactly right. When I can't make myself get loved and feel love me loved, then I'm going to make up. Yeah, I'm going to put myself into some kind of hero position in my mind, or I'm going to put myself into some scenario where I win, I'm good. Yes, I'm... and I can I can watch TV and watch these little cartoons or videos, whatever, and I'm the hero. And then when I'm laying in bed, I can make up a fantasy myself. Mm-hmm. I can escape. I can pretend and get away from the pain, even in my soul, my fantasy. I can go away, and I can really be there, and they really love me there. Now, this becomes the dilemma to a guy because when he wakes up sexually, mm-hmm. you put fantasy and sexuality and sexual fantasy. Oh, that is powerful stuff. Yeah. You know? That becomes a go-to escape from all of the other painful negative elements. That's right. That's right. And so, so remember, <clears throat> I'm no good alone with me, right? Now, the other interesting thing about this is that 
the God program probably isn't in place. It's coming along. What's the age of accountability, adulthood, where you really understand that there's going to be another program? At yeah. six, you can accept Christ. You know, at nine, you can accept Christ. But you understand we're still encoding this early program of pain and unworthiness. And even if you have a uh, what you might call an, uh, an adequate or proper understanding of that gospel truth, it's still very much in seed form, right? It's, very, right. it's very immature. That's it's right. Not, you don't have a full understanding of no, how that no. applies That's to your it. life. So now our emotional program is encoding. It's every day it's growing. And then we find something about Christ. Oh, okay, that's nice. But, but we're not mature enough, wise enough. We don't know enough. We're still running old program, right? And this mm-hmm. is the dilemma in the life of an, addic- an addict. It's right. I have pain in my soul. I don't like myself. I don't want to be with me. Hey, I'll make up a fantasy. I'll escape into fantasy. And so now, why is fantasy important? Because is it healthy fantasy or is it hero, sexual, the best of fantasy that that you create and keep in your mind? What's interesting to me, there's there's a component to some of the, the negative fantasy that is essentially an idolatry, right? Okay. In, in, oh, in other yeah. words, if I if I were to take these negative <clears throat> messages that I'm getting, and let's say properly use my imagination and quote unquote fantasy to say, you know what, I want to I want to realize that in this moment, my imagination is saying I, I need to move toward community. I need to move, and I'm using my imagination to try to figure out what's going to be my next move to connect with somebody. To do. But when I go to the negative place, it's saying, you know what, I want to be totally i want to be my own god i want to be the the god in my story not just hey i want a little bit of reprieve from the negative feelings does that make sense yeah there's definitely an idolatry component in that negative and and you bring up a good point because why do people need to go to group so they can do real stuff and real work and real insight and real growth and 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 look at things and pull ideas apart and, and put in healthier thinking with other people versus being alone with your pain and your fears and your doubts and think, what am I going to do with myself? Well, turn the TV on. Get, get, you know, people have to get away from themselves, right? Mm. P- put on a lot of noise. I don't want to be quiet with me. Mm. You know, distract me somehow. Distract me. We could spend hours, hours lost. Uh, that makes me think of, you know, I've one of my go-to books in – in recovery is Gerald May's Addiction and Grace. Yes. And uh, I was just reading recently, rereading. I mean, I've gone through that book multiple times. One of the things that he says in there just really hit me again. He says, you know, where real freedom is, is when you're able to extract yourself from your addictive behavior Mm -hmm. and leave that space open. In other words, because what you're saying is, we are so addicted to the noise the, uh, that to have any open space in right. my life is, is threatening, is scary. Absolutely. Then, like you said before, if I'm left alone with me, yeah. I don't do too well. So I think it's yeah. part of this process is learning to, hey, how can we have wider open spaces in our minds and our hearts and not immediately think, I've got to, I got to put some more noise in there. I've got to put some more... And I got to get away from me. I got to get away from my fear, right? I can't sit with me. And that's why when you travel, it's so dangerous, right? Because you're alone with you. And what are you going to do with that alone time? You're Mm going to be creative? 
now you're going to escape, right? Okay, yeah. I can go, I can go play. But, you know, and I will challenge men too <clears throat> in terms of, no, no, I'm not fantasizing. I have affairs. Right. And I thought, oh, oh, you use real people like in your fantasies. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, you've gotten so good. They're almost, they're trying to almost convince you that they don't have a problem with fantasy, right? No, that's exactly <laughs> right. I don't fantasize. I really go after this. But you understand you still have pain and you still don't like yourself and you need to use someone, maybe not images, but you need to use someone to tell you you're good. And still, even within that, it's not as if somehow you just randomly and arbitrarily wound up in bed with this other woman. Right. You used your imagination along yeah, the way. Absolutely. You, know? you created a scenario yeah. in your mind and you went for it. You know? That escaping behavior had a lot of fantasy. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Right. And I'm going to call here and I'm going to do this. And, and they argue, no, it's not fantasy. It's like, <clears throat> you know that person really well. You know about their life and, and their how they struggle and where they're challenged. Oh, no. I just want to know that you like me. I only need one thing from you. Right. I don't need to know that you have a cousin that's, you know, uh, delayed in development or that your mother has mental ill problems or that you were called Susie after, you know. The, right. The, well, who you, that's not, in a fantasy, I just want to know you want me. That's it. Mm -hmm. And you can't get enough of me. I, leave all the reality alone, please. Right. That's the fantasy part is right. And, and I've gotten to the point where I say, do you know in an affair, one person creates a fantasy and uses the other person in their fantasy. Mm. And both are doing it. Yeah. A wife is doing it. I mean, a woman is doing it just as much. He's going to make me happy. He thinks I'm right. special. I'm going to finally feel loved. Oh, I feel so good. Well, what do you mean? He distracts me from me. Mm -hmm. That's what you're saying. Which is exactly what a fantasy does. That's right. I yeah. don't have to be with me. I can, you can distract me. I'm playing with you. And you just think about how much time is wasted. Yeah. I like what you're saying here because I, I do think sometimes we have drawn such a hard line in our definition of fantasy that's away from anything tangible mm. that we almost think that they're mutually exclusive. Yeah. Like if I'm physically touching you, that, that there, or there, if there's something real, so to speak, around me, there can't be any fantasy right. going on with that. And I think you're saying, no, the lines are more mixed than that. Because... And there's a lot of fantasy. you got to fill in a lot of gaps and you got to pretend. Yeah. You have to escape your own marriage, your own pain, your own reality, your own children. You have to put all that reality aside and make up something. That's another great point. Think about how much imaginative energy it takes for the married guy with kids to go have that physical affair in terms of what he's got to do to sort of shut his mind off right. from those realities of those relationships. And be and gone. Right. Be gone. Go away from your reality. Go away and make up this thing that will pull you to it, that will save you. And if life is hard over here, then run away. Yeah. Well, remember what we said as a kid, when life was hard, run away into a fantasy. It's the same theme in grown-up life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, life is hard. Run away, or life is hard. Press into it. Yeah, and let God grow you through the hard. Let him, let the refining fire shape you and transform you. Yeah. So whether the the fantasy stays sort of only in kind of the 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 mental realm, or whether mm -hmm. it enters into the physical realm, that's still a lot of imaginative energy. Right. That is expressed in either one of those 
scenarios. So and so in you've heard this the bubble. Yeah, the fantasy right? bubble. Right? And so now we could call it the fantasy bubble. That's right, because it's like I don't want to be here, and I have a few minutes to escape. I'm going to go over there, and I'm going to think about memories. And there were probably real life situations where you encountered other people. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, you you take the best out of it and you build on it, right? And so you take a little reality and then you roll it into fantasy and you create storylines and you get away. And right. So one of the thoughts is don't go in the bubble. Yeah. And and so talk a little bit about how we can become better aware of when we're getting close to the bubble. You know what I mean? Because I think that's the question that a lot of people have is, is, Hey, I kind of get what you're saying because I've experienced like once I'm in sort of that tunnel vision, that bubble. And I don't, I I mean, I've got, usually once I'm in that bubble, I have a singular goal, especially if you're talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. sexual addiction or something like that. I, I want some kind of release. I want some kind of pleasure. Um, but sometimes we're not as quick to understand how do I know where that threshold is for sort of entering the bubble? And how do I get better at um, changing my course before I get there? Right. Well, I think you should say at some point, I'm, this is the bubble. Don't go in the bubble. You know where you're going. You're starting to detach. You're starting to fantasize. You're, you're tired of being here. Something is the distress in your soul is up and it's invitation to leave. Yeah. Right. And so just to say, don't go in the bubble, don't go in the bubble. Well, can I, can I share with you one thing that has helped me sure. over the years to be able to say, I know when I'm getting close to the threshold of oh, the bubble good. is because I think the bubble and authentic community are mutually exclusive. Okay. You don't go in the bubble to be really well connected to people that love you in your life, right? <laughs> right. You go in the bubble to be totally alone, totally in your own thoughts, in your own little world. Yes. So for me, some of those trigger points are, have I just had a thought that says, I want to, I want to actually move away from a particular person that loves me. Have I just had a thought that I want to escape that I want to, those are usually indicators to me. If I'm wanting to move away from community rather than into it, I'm like, I'm probably getting close to that threshold of wanting to go into the bubble, whatever that looks like. It could be just mind numbing television, or it just could be, it doesn't always have to be what we might call you know, a, an overtly sinful, yeah, it can lead there, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean. I think the fantasy bubble can contain a whole lot of different elements of fantasy. It doesn't always have escaping, to be right? Escape, just yeah. get away, just get away, whatever. And 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 you know, it's fun to go to a movie for a couple hours yeah. to escape. There's nothing wrong with that. But I always think to myself, is this in harmony with God? Mm-hmm. Is this consistent? If this movie's about love and and sacrifice and giving and grace and i mean those are great themes i'm always mm-hmm. looking for things that are consistent then you see bizarre themes it's like okay it's not consistent with god yeah they're specifically pointed towards darkness and things right like that. so yeah. you're always looking for literature and movies and things you know i'm fast forwarding these days yep, gotta go past this stuff this is not stuff that i need this is i'm you know what i mean yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to i'm trying to stay clean and I don't want a lot of garbage in my head that's an invitation to yeah. go play, go play, escape, better life somewhere else. So the, the, the big answer to your question is what's causing the need to run away? My pain, my numbness, my ignorance of myself. And, and now I'm stressed and I need relief, the same relief I had as a child to lay in bed and make up fantasies and pretend my life was something else. 
being we do that in adulthood too mm-hmm. and it's like you did it a lot in youth it's easy to do so it's what you said real relationships right yeah. real connections real honest dialogue talking to somebody about your fear and your pain and your failure and your rejection and whether you're wanted or not, and whether life is going the way you want it or not, to make a real connection, to vent out your pain and explore your pain versus just make it go away. Yeah, you know what? That's another thing that I've, as you're saying that, it makes me think about some of the things that I've learned along the way that have helped to either prevent, keep me from going into the bubble or, or help me get out of the bubble. Mm. And it is what we are doing right now, speaking to one another out loud. Yeah. Because think about what happens when you go into the bubble, so to speak. Are you getting more communicative or less? So sometimes just being able to to pick up the phone or go in the other room or and just actually speak words out. It doesn't even have sometimes it doesn't even have to be, you know, deep. Like just say, Hey, can we go for a walk? Because I'd like to get outside and we haven't talked in a while and I'd like to just share some things. We you know, it doesn't have to be it can just be like, I need to get my my mind yes. engaged in the moment and be present. So so one of the things I do is that I go around the block walking and praying. Yeah. And I just tell God everything in my mind. The door is squeaking. The car's <laughs> getting older. There's too many weeds in the yard. My wife wants a new this. The money is tight. Whatever's in my mind, I just walk and I dump all my stuff on him. So I get it out of me mm-hmm. so I can hear him. Yeah, that's good. Instead of, don't think that. Okay, talk to God, pray to this, but don't think that. But that popped in. No, popped in, God. Popped in. I'm dumping it right out, right out, right out. Because I want to be quiet and still as I finish my walk and see if you have something for me. Some beauty, some rest, right? Mm. And so we connect and we connect, right? I love what you're saying there, especially about when you said you want to get that out really in order to clear space to be able to see and hear what God wants you to see and hear. Right. Mm. So what I'm, what I'm hearing there is, you know, it's interesting how much our, our fantasies that pull us more into ourselves, our fantasies that pull our focus more towards ourselves Mm. are actually preventing us from really seeing the beauty and wonder of God's creation in us and through us and around us. And so one of the things that we could look at is, is maybe, maybe one of the ways we could frame this is saying, you know, when you're in the bubble, you're actually missing life. Like the way God designed it. Right. Like, tell me how many times on those walks that when you've gotten some stuff out that, that you haven't seen something new, you haven't even seen like the no, sky the differently beauty, or the, I see the plants know? differently. Yeah. I see the beauty of God. And then something I was thinking of last night, I was asking the answer pops in my head, mm-hmm. right? It leaves space for things to happen. For God to work. Yeah. And it's interesting because I think too, then when some of those ideas and some of those kind of things pop into your head, you have more creative energy to yes, give to those things. Absolutely. You're not divided and distracted anymore. And mm-hmm. so I think we don't, one of the things I don't want any of the listeners to come away from this is thinking that the imaginative ability and process that we have is somehow in itself a negative. Because mm-hmm. It's where it gets pointed. It's where it gets focused and directed. So I think what we're saying here is um, don't get in that that bubble that is saying I'm the center of the universe. Everything's about me. 
break out and say, you know, like you said, let's talk this stuff out with God, with some other people and get to a place where then I, I can really have the full capacity of all this imaginative mm -hmm. energy that God's Amen. given That's me beautiful. Yeah. to really then, hey, use right. it to the fullness and glory of God. So I want to say one thing, and that was a beautiful ending, but I want to share this. Some people have still pictures that are museums full of escape and fantasy. And some people run videos. They got two or three storylines. Mm -hmm. One guy told me once, I, he said, I have 10 storylines. I don't always want the same one. So I have 10 like full length movies I made up with people in my past and things I did. And I, and I run this video and I'm in there and I'm the hero and it ends wonderfully. And, and then I go to sleep and I have another, I have 10. So, I mean, think about what's in your little head library and what's your collection. And, and when you go into that fantasy, do you end up better? Or is it just a bad coping skill that's supposed to distract and comfort, but never really fixes? Right, yeah. So regardless of how many videos or, or you know, um, themes you have, uh, the good news is that God can actually transform Amen. Uh, so we're, we're actually told that we are transformed by the renewal of our mind. Yes. So therefore, that's a great hope. So even if you've kind of gotten in these ruts of fantasy that have been leading you to places of really negative acting out or behavior, yes. God can change you. And we'd love to come Amen. alongside and help you in that process. So please reach out to us. You can go to our website at puresexradio.com or you can uh, connect with us at puresexradio on um, uh, Twitter. But we'd love to be able to help you along this process, give you an outlet for when you need to break out of the bubble. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're glad you've been with us. And we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio program. God bless. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.